welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. I am joined here today by Tyler Big Irby Erbach. What up? Let's go. Let's go, baby. It's been a weird offseason, but we're about that time of the year right now where things are picking up and it's about to start getting real juicy. If you haven't uh, noticed by now, we're missing Jimbo, James Dreer, but he will be back soon. And without further ado, let's just get into what we're talking about on this week's episode. Before we do that, real quick, follow us on Twitter, at the FF Fathers, and interact with us. We're down for it. Interact. We will interact back. <laughs> Interactions everywhere for everybody. Not really. Uh, but, well, yeah, really, honestly. Interact with us, and we'll probably interact with you. <laughs> So, yeah, on this episode, we're diving into the news from, like, you know, the last couple of weeks. Things are really heating up. It's that time of the year. A lot of things have been going on, really, in the last week or two. So, this episode right now is really going to discuss what's going on in the last week or two. And we will discuss the free agency and all the big moves that are happening right now between pretty much everything in the NFL in our next episode, which is coming out on the same day. Yeah, we're going to post these back-to-back. Um, we got a lot of news to catch up on just because we have we were in a bit of a dull season in the offseason right after the Super Bowl. But as you said, you know, in the last week or so, we've had a lot of things happening. Franchise tags started happening and whatnot. And we'll hit most of that in the next episode. But we have some big news things to hit today. Oh, a lot, lot of stuff to cover, honestly. My phone today, which is the first day of the tampering period, yeah. or you could call uh, what would you say earlier? It's like an oxymoron, right? It is, because they call it the legal tampering period, which is stupid, because tampering technically is illegal, if you're talking about the actual words of the law. But this is the yeah. NFL's legal tampering period. It's the American way, baby. We find loopholes. So, yeah. <laughs> so, a lot of things have been happening. My phone's been buzzing all goddamn day. Uh, if you're listening now, it's Tuesday morning, but uh, the whole day Monday, my phone was constantly buzzing with news. And a good majority of that will be on our next episode with the free agency, um, our free agency episode talking about what's going on with the tampering and all that stuff during that period. But right now, let's let's just catch you up real quick on the things that have been happening in the last week or two. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about is probably the one of the biggest notes of the offseason, but I think we all know it's going to happen. Lamar Jackson's probably going to end up with the Ravens. But the Ravens did place the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson which makes him available to negotiate with any team in the league. And that means if he receives an offer, then the Ravens will have five days to match that contract offer. Or they will receive two first-round picks from that offering team, and that offering team will get Lamar Jackson for that price. Am I right? Yep, that's exactly how that works. Uh, It's interesting. Um, I love this second note here where you're like, the second they put the non-exclusive franchise on, within like a couple of hours, a bunch of teams are like, we're not going for him. Even though there are teams that need quarterbacks, Falcons, the Raiders, which have changed now but since that's happened. Falcons, Raiders, Dolphins said they were out. Commanders said they were out. The Patriots said they were out. Like, these are all teams that, maybe not the Dolphins so much, um, but, you know, they could have used a Lamar Jackson type there. Um, it's kind of weird what's happening, honestly. In my eyes, the way I'm seeing this, there's some collusion going on between the owners. Because essentially what's happening, Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed deal, the same type of deal that Deshaun Watson got with the Browns, right? And now that was unprecedented at the time. Um, we know Kirk Cousins got one a few years back with the Vikings, but his was for like $68 million total, not $200 million. It's a big difference, right? 
and the that's it's like I said unprecedented. The owners don't want to start giving out fully guaranteed contracts. They're never going to want to. That's way too much money out of their pocket. Even though they're billionaires, they're not trying to do that. So this is where I think basically owners are all coming together. I'm like, we're not going to offer just because the Ravens are saying no. Doesn't mean that we're going to tell you yes just because you're Lamar Jackson. And that's where I think there's a bit of collusion going on here where they're going to offer him probably something similar to what the Ravens offered him, which from what I'm aware of was $180 million fully guaranteed deal, but he wants like $220, $230, $240 million deal. So a lot going on out there with, with Lamar Jackson. That's funny you say that because I was going to ask you, are you buying into all this stuff that's been going on? They're like, oh, are they – it's not blackballing, but you know, it seems like – there is a coalition against him. For sure. It's just, and it's understandable from the owner's perspective, perspectives, just because it, again, never happened. Um, Mark Schlereth was on Colin Coward's show, The Herd, um, last week, and he had a lot to say about the situation and specifically what happened with Deshaun Watson. He was saying that, like, he, he basically called Jimmy Haslam a child, who's the owner of the Browns. It was like, you gave out a child ass contract. So you don't do fully guaranteed guaranteed deals in the NFL, and like he goes, what you need to do, grow grow your ass up, start calling yourself James instead of Jimmy, and be a man. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's literally what he said. It was hilarious, honestly. I, I loved it, but it 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 is true. I mean, they don't want to give out these out these deals. There's a reason for it, and there's obviously some risk when it comes to Lamar Jackson. If you give him a fully guaranteed deal, but he's also a person who's been hurt. Um, missed multiple games in the last couple of years. He only has one playoff win to his name, even though they're constantly in the playoffs. They you know get bumped, get bounced in the wild card every year. That's a mm. problem. And if his style of running so much, and that could be on the Ravens as well, because the Ravens put an offensive system around strictly running the ball, and they basically said fuck throwing the ball. We're going back to like 1940s football. Uh, we are not going to pay receivers and so on and so forth. So it's just one of those things that there's risk with Lamar and him getting a fully guaranteed deal, which he wants and he is representing himself. He doesn't have an agent, which is I think part of the problems that he doesn't have anybody in his ear besides basically his family and friends telling him like, Hey, this might not happen and you might need some better advice other than people that are all just wanting him to get what the most money possible. So he most likely ends up with the Ravens then. I think so. I think ultimately, and that's I think that's the other thing about um about the situation is that they've been trying to get this deal done with the Ravens for two years now. And I think a lot of teams are worried that like we're we can give them an offer and the Ravens are just waiting for basically another team to set his market and they're just gonna come in to match it. And then you did all this work to try to get Lamar Jackson and then it blows up in your face and you don't get him. And the Ravens end up with him. Yeah, and the Ravens, because the, the Ravens do have the right to match any deal he gets. Right. And so unless some team does come in and does offer him, offer him a fully guaranteed deal of $200-plus I don't see why the Ravens wouldn't re-sign him or, you know, match that offer and keep him in Baltimore. Yeah, I'm totally with you. So it seems like, obviously, there's a bunch of things going off in the, like the offseason, like, oh, where's he going to go? But I think the general consensus has been He's going to stay with the Ravens no matter what. I think so, too. And I think the Ravens are kind of gearing up to change. I mean, they they, they let go of, I think it was Greg Roman was their OC, um, who set up this new offense around just running the mm-hmm. ball. 
and using his legs as a weapon. But I think we saw a couple years ago when Lamar won the MVP, they opened up the passing game for him as well. And like week one, he threw for 500 yards and six touchdowns against the against the Dolphins. Like the year he won won the MVP, and he showed that he was a much better passer than I think a lot of people thought he could be. And like I think they need to go back to the system like that, where like let him be more of a traditional quarterback and use his legs when he needs to, not so many designed runs. Because that's what's and what's getting him hurt is that he's out there putting his body in jeopardy. I mean, I think you should really go back to, and think of it kind of like the Michael Vick days, and you know similar quarterbacks in the way that they, that they can't run the ball you know they're the most dynamic QB runners probably of all time and but if, but if you think back to the to the, the Falcons days with Michael Vick they didn't do a ton of designed runs Michael Vick would just take off and run when he needed to um and now oh, granted yeah. they, they, got, they created an insane plays for him but they didn't like in, I know that was a different era like the read option wasn't much a thing in the NFL or not a thing at all really in the NFL when that happened but I think if you design an offense that's a more traditional excuse me more traditional with Lamar and let him be a quarterback and then run and use his gifts when he needs it. That's better for the team and for Lamar. Yeah. And I, and I agree it, the numbers for him have been like pretty low recently is I feel like an old man. It, it's been four years since he had that breakout season where he was number one quarterback, 36 touchdowns, seven on the ground, just an all around stellar season. Uh, but really, the last three, a little lackluster. You know, especially if we're talking about like fantasy wise, where you're drafting him at. He hasn't been a top ten quarterback since t- 2019. Has it been three years since he's been a top ten quarterback? Holy God! Yeah, I didn't even realize that. <clears throat> oh, top ten with an asterisk. He he was number ten in 2020. Okay, <laughs> but, but still, that's still even then, that's still two seasons ago. And as you're seeing in the last couple of years, like he's missing games. Um, and that's hurting them. I mean, he played 12 games this year, 12 games the year before. 2020, he played 15, so he missed one game. Uh, in 2019, 15 games. And his rookie year, he played all 16. So the last couple of years, we're seeing you know, those injuries kind of pile up where he can't be on the field, and that's a problem. So you need to do something where, obviously, you're protecting Lamar Jackson. Uh, and by doing that, I think you need to have him in a more traditional offense. And again, let him use his gifts when he needs to. Not because that's the play you're calling. Yeah, maybe give him some more receivers besides Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there, there is that. I mean, if you look at um, from the year he won the MVP to the to this season, the salary they've spent on receivers has gone from like top ten or twelve ish in the league to literally dead last. They're paying the receivers nothing this last year. I think it was like a total of like eight million dollars in salary. Uh, yeah, it was it was nothing. And part of that, is, you know, you have young guys. Um, uh, who's uh, who's the guy? We Rashad like? Bateman. Yeah, Bateman. Bateman's on rookie contract. Duvernay's a uh, was a journeyman. And the one guy that they were paying, but chose they didn't want to pay anymore, that Lamar Jackson had a very good relationship with, a guy who they clearly had a connection on the field was Hollywood Brown, and they shipped him off. Yep, totally fucked. But you know, fantasy wise, it fucked everybody. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. Like they need to. Put more of an emphasis on getting him weapons that are not in the backfield. Even then, they're not. It's not like they're paying a ton of guys money to the guys in the backfield. J.K. Dobbins is on rookie contract. Gus Edwards just took a pay cut to stay with the team. That happened today. Like you're not paying like, a number one back here either. So it's like, where's all this money going to the defense? Because that's what the the Ravens do, right? But I yeah. think they need to shift that that mindset 
and get him some real weapons to attempt to throw the ball to. Because we don't like Rashad Bateman. Like I think we're all we all we believe he's going to be a very good receiver in this league, but he's not a burner. You know, he's he's more of a possession type of guy. I think he can still be be a wide receiver one in the league by by any means. Um, but he's just not that guy who's going to like kill you with speed. No, he's more of like a complimentary piece. He's he's not going to be the focal point. Is how I feel See, about him. I, I think he can be a receiver one in this league. Maybe not like a top five guy as a receiver one, but I think he can be a guy that's, you know, um, I think I should I should I would expect him to be able to be as good, if not better, because I think he's more versatile than like a Hollywood Brown was. Where Hollywood Brown is so so he's he's small, but he kills you with speed. He's super fast, and I think. Bateman has more skills than that, but you have to give him and the team in general, like as, uh, as an offense, the opportunity to even show that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It'll be interesting moving forward with the whole Lamar Jackson thing, but at this point, it seems like <clears throat> it's pretty set in stone. He's staying with the Ravens, and no one's really going to give out two first round picks for him at this point. I mean, they could. I don't. I mean. If I'm if I was a team I that needed a quarterback I wouldn't have any problem giving a guy like Lamar Jackson two first round or the the Ravens two first round picks for Lamar Jackson I think that's actually super if you were gonna trade for him straight up if he was already under contract with Baltimore you would give up a hell of a lot more than that more than likely and as a Raiders so, fan that's how I feel give him two first rounders and Jimmy Garoppolo fuck him <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's a different situ- situation because they already signed. Obviously, that's a phrase of things we'll get into that later. They signed Jimmy G today. And since uh, Lamar's not under contract, they'd actually be this have to be this weird thing of actually like a sign and trade like you see more, more often in the NBA. Because then basically both teams have to agree to the contract that they're going to give Lamar, and then they would ship him because they can't trade Jimmy G for Lamar right now. That's not on the table until Lamar is under contract. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's like, yeah, that's what we're going to pay Lamar. Yeah. And you can have this guy that looks good and throws a noodle arm football. <laughs> now, now, up until today, literally today, um, recording this, that could have happened. But now they signed Jimmy G. It throws a whole other wrench in there. I'm just more surprised that somebody, a team, <clears throat> specifically like the Commanders. Commanders are interesting to me because like, they have a, a good young core, I think. And I think they're actually moving towards building something decent there. And a stud quarterback could really accelerate that process. Why wouldn't they give up two first round picks for him? And instead, they're gonna go with Sam Howell, who has played exactly one NFL game. It it is weird, and like we were talking about before the podcast, you know, that seems like, or I guess we have been talking about on this podcast, really is. Uh, it, it's weird how there's not that much interest in him. Yeah, and I think that's mo- again. I think that goes back to like the whole collusion thing. I think. The owners are are trying to stand tall on this together. Like we're not gonna like no one's gonna give you a fully guaranteed contract. You need to change what you're looking for because it's not gonna happen. And while talking about that, uh, you know, amongst those teams, there have been others who have said they will not pursue Lamar Jackson. Exactly, teams that need a quarterback. The Falcons. Yeah, they need a quarterback. They they at this point they only have Desmond Ritter, right? Marcus Mariota is a free agent. Yeah, they well they cut. Uh, Mariota. So yeah, they're going into the season with, with Ritter, and I I know like I think Ritter can be a, a good quarterback in the league. I'm not sure if he's ever gonna be a star, but like you have an unknown in Desmond Ritter because he only played you know a handful of games last season versus mm-hmm. a former MVP that's not that far removed from that MVP season. You know he's still in absolute, not even probably to his prime yet. He's what 
how old is Lamar Jackson? 27, 28? Uh, he, he's got to be around there. 26. He's 26. Well, while we're talking about that, we did like Desmond Ritter a lot last year in the preseason. Obviously, we're we're evaluating rookie quarterbacks, which means you know, right. obviously, only a few are going to hit every year. But me and you, we like Desmond Ritter coming and, out of Cincinnati, and I still do. But just because I like Desmond Desmond Ritter doesn't mean I'm not going to take Lamar Jackson over him. Oh yeah, but that, that, that's no, no, full stock. That's full stock. So. Definitely, yeah. So yeah, the, the Falcons said they're not they're not trying for it, right? Raiders, obviously. Uh, at this point, they're definitely not trying for it. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo today. Uh, the Dolphins, they got Tua. They just signed Mike White from the Jets. As a backup, um, probably because of the injury history of Tua at this point. Um, obviously, the concussion, the cup, the multiple concussions last year was scary. Um, he had the hip injury coming out of Alabama. Yeah. And so, and Mike White's, I think, is a, a really good backup. I, I think at this point, he's proven that he's one of the top backups in the league and can be kind of that fringe starter. For them, if they need him, but even then, I mean, the Dolphins are going for obviously um, not fans really, but they trade for Jalen Ramsey. Like they're going for it. You oh know, yeah, for sure. And they picked up to his fifth year option, but at the same time, would I prefer Lamar Jackson over Tua? Yeah. I mean, yeah, in a way, but I, I do like Tua in his situation. And the reason I was bringing these teams up because, like, you know, the Falcons, they have Desmond Ritter. It's interesting they don't want him, right? It, we already discussed that. The Raiders, they obviously made their decision. The Dolphins seem to be, out of all these teams we're going to talk about it, it, here in the next, you know, 30 seconds or so, they're sitting pretty good at quarterback. Commanders, obviously not, the way you were just saying. And the Patriots, they have Mac Jones. Right. Nothing horrible, but nothing impressive. I mean, well, I mean, he, he was a legitimate candidate for rookie of the year his first season, and then they fucked him this last year by... Basically, like, oh yeah, we're not going to bring in any offensive-minded coach into this into this uh, staff to try to help progress you. Yeah, like, no, there's a, no offensive coordinator at all. Yeah, they they signed they had Matt Patricia calling plays. Who's never called? He's never even coached an offensive position in his NFL career. Like Matt Patricia became a head coach for a season and ruined it. Yeah, he was terrible. <laughs> he was terrible in Detroit. So uh, yeah, let's try it out. Yeah, it didn't make any sense, and I know they changed this year. They they brought back Bill O'Brien, which I think is going to be actually huge for Mac Jones. So, yeah, sleeper in the future, Mac Jones could end up having a I think a very very good year this year with under the tutelage of Brian, uh, Bill O'Brien. That I think that's huge for him. Um, yeah, he, he's capable of being top ten. He, he's not going to blow your mind, but he he's um, Kirk Cousins ish. I think he might have a higher ceiling, honestly, than Kirk Cousins did. Well, yeah, we haven't seen much from him, but what I'm saying, you know, Kirk Cousins' floor, right? He knows how to like manage a game, and he's already young, yeah. so he he can get touchdowns and yards I mean, for you. Well, not touchdowns. I mean, if you're going talking about the Patriots, I mean, they have nobody on offense in terms of weapons. Not really. Um, I mean, is the Patriots though? Yeah, but the Patriots with Tom Brady at least made swings for guys like you know they made they made stars out of Wes Welker and Julian Edelman who were undrafted guys, and Julian Edelman didn't even play receiver in college; he was a quarterback. Came in and became, you know, as a, obviously a, a stud. I don't. He's not Hall yeah. of Fame worthy, but like he made huge plays in the playoffs. He's a he's gonna be, you know, drinking for free in New England for the rest of his life if he wants to. So and yeah. now they have like Jacoby Myers, who's not even there anymore. He's a free agent. So and he's probably not gonna resign. Like who do they have? Did you know Wells Walker was blind in one of his eyes? I did not. Legally blind in one of his eyes. Google it, just to fact check me, but I'm telling you, I swear to God. 
Wes Welker is legally blind in one of his eyes, and that was one of the big reasons why he was not very sought after in the draft, besides also being a white receiver, <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> I-, I swear that's a real thing. Whoa. Hold on. Yeah. It's going to it's gonna pop no, up. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure where you heard that from, but there was a guy named Wesley Walker that played for the Jets back in the day that was legally blind in one eye. Black guy? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Wrong guy. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, Wes Walker to Wesley Walker, like, I can see how anybody could get that confused. Like, I could have swore I read that shit. Maybe I did. Yeah. Who, who's writing anything about Wesley Walker? Or Wesley. <laughs> Whatever uh, he played, he played for in the NFL from '77 to '89. Okay, yeah, back when Dad was getting his cocaine addiction. Shout out to him. <laughs> okay, um, my dad. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyways, um, so yeah, just just to round that out, yeah, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Dolphins, Commanders, and Patriots all struggling at quarterback, more or less. The Dolphins, I probably throw that out of there. I I, I like their situation. All struggling at quarterback. Something's going on. No one's fucking with Lamar Jackson. It's crazy. It's honestly, it blows my fucking mind. But whatever. It's their goddamn loss, man. Yeah. And as should be mentioned, too, with the whole legal tampering period that's happening right now, that tampering period means you can only dis- discuss contracts with that person's like agent and like his team and not the direct player. With Lamar Jackson only re- representing himself and not having an agent, teams can't even still negotiate with him yet. Not technically. And so like I think that's there's also this weird thing. And I know we've seen guys like, you know, Jimmy G sign and a couple other small deals, Sam Darnold, shit like that. But like these guys that are kind of waiting around, like the Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfields of the world, they're probably not gonna sign anywhere until they figure out what the hell Lamar's doing. Cause that could change everything. Oh, it changes the market and it, it's probably benefit excuse me, beneficial for them to wait to see and how to see how much he signs for. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're, they're going to come anywhere close to that money, but, I mean, it just makes a difference on what teams are going to be looking for a quarterback. Because if, you know, the Ravens do end up, if he signs someplace else and they get two first-round picks, they're immediately starting over. Because they have nobody. I, I don't yeah. know who their backup is. What, Tyler Huntley, right? I don't I Actually, I think he might be a free agent this year as well, too. Which doesn't really matter. Like, Tyler Huntley, like... Not the worst backup. He's, like... He's like the C version of a Lamar Jackson. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe a D version. Yeah, but he, he can somewhat recreate their offense, not to the same effect. Yeah. And I, I should mention this, too, because if you guys do watch you know, ESPN or any of the, the talking heads on TV about some of this stuff, and they're talking about, like, well, the Ravens don't really need Lamar Jackson. They've won two Super Bowls with shitty quarterback play and Trent Dilfer and... Bro, this was 20 years ago. Well, Trent Dilfer and then um, Flacco. Like and Flacco. Oh my god. But Flacco okay, but one, Dilfer had arguably the greatest defense of all time behind him. Top three more than likely. I know you I mean, I don't want to say they're better than the eighty five Bears. Um, but like there's a thing, like that O one Ravens defense was insane. They held Oh yeah. Oh god the Super Bowl I ever watched. Yeah, I I you know, I can't remember the exact stat, but it was something like they held um teams that or at least like the second half maybe the whole season i can't remember it's like 11 points a game was their average yeah it, it like that's unheard of mm-hmm. even like when the, like the legion of boom was really good they were averaging like 16 or 17 points a game given up and that was still unheard of at that time 
the fact like you're never gonna see a defense like that again. So like, and you had Jamal Williams in the backfield. No, not Jamal Williams. Um, Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis. Thank you. <laughs> Jamal Williams is a free agent. That's why it's close enough. Close yeah. enough. But Jamal Lewis is back there. There, he's a rookie killing it. Yeah. You know, like you didn't need Trent Dilfer to go out there and win the game, and Trent Dilfer didn't win you the games because in the playoff run that they had, he aver- he had completed forty eight percent of his passes throughout the playoffs. Forty eight percent. Terrible. That's not starting quarterback level at all. Right, you're probably starting at high school. <laughs> exactly. Forty eight percent. So like. So like that's crazy, and so just because like they've won in the past with poor or even average quarterback play doesn't mean that they are automatically be able to do that again going going forward. Everyone knows in this league you don't win the Super Bowl without a quarterback. Yep. Go back like even the Niners a, a few years ago, they had Jimmy G right, average quarterback lose the Super Bowl. Fuck me, don't get me started on that. I'm just saying like that's what it is average quarterback play does not win you the Super Bowl. The yeah, Rams with Jared Goff lose the Super Bowl. Yep, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. All right. Let's move on. We were we went deep on Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, we're moving on. I'm going to have to edit that out. Cause I, got to... <laughs> I got to piss so bad. Hey, at least, at least we, let, we <laughs> let it off. Like, like, let's move on. Boom. Cut. Clip. Put it together. I got I to gotta put the note in there. Where are we at? 28. Okay. Damn, we spent 30 minutes on Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, but the other ones are gonna be faster. They'll be faster, yeah. Lamar was just there's a lot to say about Lamar, man. The whole situation. There's a lot of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Browns just signed Dalvin Tomlinson to a big deal. Four year fifty. He was a defensive tackle for the Vikings for a while. For like I think his whole career. Why not? Who cares? Man, Jason Tatum fucked it up. They lost the Rockets. He missed a he missed a layup at the end of the game. Tied the game. It wasn't an easy lane. It's like it was a clear lane, but like it's a shot he would normally. To be fair, the guy's been in the league for like five fucking years. He's so good, though. Oh, he's and he's killer. only like 24. That's what I'm saying. You're allowed to have a couple misses. Kobe's got some bad ones. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so we, we left it off talking about that. Yeah, we said, <clears throat> let's move on. And I would just start like, yeah, let's move on to the to the 
the biggest trade in the NFL yeah. in, in the NFL draft so far. Okay. Or actually, <clears throat> the only trade in the NFL draft so far. All right. <clears throat> you ready? Yep. <clears throat> all right so let's talk about like probably the biggest news of the offseason so far I-, I think personally is this trade between the panthers and the bears a lot's going on here i think the bears absolutely stole this trade with with what's going on between them the bears had the number one overall pick and they traded that to trade down to the ninth overall pick and in return they get Obviously, the ninth overall pick, a 2023 second rounder, a first and second round pick in 2024, a third round pick in 2025. Sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, and they also get DJ Moore, who we've been talking about for as long as we've been doing this podcast. He's, (laughs) as as far as like, talking about him as far as like, let's save him from the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys. He, DJ, if you've listened to us at all, I think most fans football podcasts, he's one of those guys that's really polarizing. Because, like, we see he can be really good, and then, like, it's just the wrong situation. He Like, it's just so much up and down, and not as much consistency as you like to see. Um, but overall, like, you know, over the course of his career, he finished at receiver 24, PPR ranking, uh, 24 this year. Uh, 18 last year, 23, 16, and his rookie year was 39, so you can kind of throw that out. But like he's a guy we can see being a receiver one type of guy. Possibly he's like on the cuff. I think he's the right situation. The problem is, is the Bears the right situation? I mean, is he really upgrading his quarterback play? I personally don't think so. But it is interesting because with the whole quarterback situation, I think he does get into a slightly better situation. But but check this out, okay? Th- this tweet, this meme, or whatever—it's been floating around for you know the last couple of days, ever since this trade has happened. And I think it's so interesting just to show the ability of DJ Moore and how horrible the Bears receivers have been, kind of throughout their franchise history. So DJ Moore has 364 receptions over the last five seasons. If he was on the Bears during that time, that would make him third on the Bears all-time receptions leaderboard. Okay. And if you're not familiar with the NFL and the Bears, the Bears are one of the oldest franchises in the yeah. NFL, okay? But My family is from Decatur, Illinois, which is where the Bears originated in, like, 1932. I think they're from, like, 1904, actually, but, like... They, they go way back. Yeah. We're, we're talking, like... Back in those days, we're talking... Um, I forget the running backs. Gail Sayers, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Yep. At that time, they were the Decatur Staley's. Not the Chicago Bears. We're going way back in history, okay? But I don't even stop there, okay? And the only two people he he would be behind in receptions all time would be Walter Payton and Matt Forte. Running backs. Yeah. Not even receivers. They've never had a great pass job in their entire history. It's crazy. They've always relied on running backs and defense. It's the, that's been their entire identity forever. And I think part of that comes down to when... Um, when <laughs> George House became a player coach for them back when they were the Staley's and they moved, they moved to Chicago in 1921. Um, but George House became then the owner of the Bears. The House family still owns the Bears. Yeah, they still do, and I think that like 
that that's what the whole family rides on is defense and running the and running the ball. And so it's kind of <laughs> it's a crazy note that he would be third all time in just the last five years. It, that means they've had just, no receiver note ever. In just his five year career. And check this out. His five thousand two hundred two receiving yards in his career would be the most in franchise history. Jesus. That's how bad the Bears receiving And they've actually had a couple their... like um who started there? Didn't didn't Plasco Burris or Brandon Marshall Brandon Marshall started his career in Chicago? Uh, I thought he started with the Broncos and then went there. Or am I thinking of Jay Cutler? Well, Jay Cutler's a quarterback, but well, you see what I'm saying though. Yeah. I, it, it's kind of it, I mix things up because it's the same time period. But only five thousand two hundred two receiving yards, which is not a thing against DJ Moore in his five years, which is impressive on a Panthers offense that has been pretty trash during his career. It would make him the all-time leading receiver on the Bears, which is a team that he just joined, and he's only 25 years old. Yes, and you're right. He, uh, Marshall did start in Denver. Um, yeah, and so like it's just it's crazy because Brandon Marshall actually some really good years in in Chicago. He has some decent ones, yeah. Probably with Jay Cutler. Yeah, uh, it kind of goes hand in hand with that whole thing, which is interesting because Jay Cutler also came from the Broncos. Right yeah. or was it? Was it? Am I thinking vice versa? It, it might have been the vice versa. Either way, um, that's great. It just it just goes to show like the mentality that the Bears have always had for uh, their hundred year history. Basically, hasn't changed. Um, but the here's here's the deal: quarterbacks in the NFL these days, it essentially always comes down to that third year jump. Right? We've seen it from so many guys. Uh, most recently would be Josh Allen in Buffalo. Right? That third year, it things click. And they talk about this with quarterbacks all the time, especially guys that did start as a rookie. That third year, all of a sudden, they're just like, there's a better understanding of NFL defenses and how to manipulate them and how to and how to attack them. And so, and I think, and obviously, the Bears trading away the number one overall pick means that they're locked into Justin Fields, right? That's going to be yeah, their guy, definitely. And so they're expecting him to make that 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 leap this year. And if he does, then yes. DJ Moore is in a much, much better position than he was in in Carolina the last few years, right? Like, we know that because yeah. he's had suboptimal quarterback play the whole time, even though he's still putting up decent numbers. Justin Fields makes that jump. This this trade looks amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we, like I said before, we, we've been talking about this for years. Really, the fantasy community in general is just like, save DJ Moore. Yeah. We know what he's capable of. Can we get him on a decent team where we can all – uh, selfishly capitalize off of that <laughs> yeah, on our of fantasy football teams. We need this motherfucker to do good because we know he can do good. He's been doing at least decent with horrible situations. Yeah. And the Bears, really the whole reason I'm really trying to bring this up, what a fucking steal. You go down eight picks, you pick up four extra draft picks and also DJ Moore. All you're doing is right. trading down eight. They're not drafting a quarterback. They have Justin Fields killer fucking trade for them yeah you know when i first saw this when i I saw the return i was like they dropped down eight picks and i felt like they didn't get enough back because like for instance when the niners traded for for trey lance they gave up three first rounders to get up there plus extra right so immediately i'm like man they dropped back eight picks that's a long ways down Mm -hmm. but when you take into consideration dj Moore, he's probably worth a first round pick you don't know what any rookie receiver is going to be like coming in. There's no guarantee that the guy you're getting is a stud. Obviously, you draft certain guys like a Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. 
expecting him to be that way, but it doesn't always work out. You know, for as many of for as many, you know, pots of gold you have like them, you have a hundred more that were first round picks that did nothing in the league. So I and taking kind of similar to what we were saying with Lamar Jackson and Tua to Lamar Jackson and Desmond Ritter, like take what you know instead of the unknown and you know, you you know DJ Moore can be a very good receiver. He's shown it. Yeah. Is he are we sure he's gonna be a, a true a true number one in terms of fantasy purposes, in terms of being, you know, top twelve or fifteen receiver? He's on the brink. It's close. If but again, if Justin Fields does make that jump, then I think you do see DJ Moore as a top twelve receiver. Yeah, and it's easy. You drop down eight picks and you pick up a starting receiver and four extra draft picks. Mm-hmm. Like it, I think it's fine for them. And honestly, and this this should be done there too. You're obviously he's coming in and he's immediately going to the top depth chart over Darnell Mooney and uh, the kid from that they traded for from Pittsburgh this this year, um, Chase Claypool. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> it's crazy how fast things change. Yeah. The kid they traded for, yeah, I mean like the TikTok guy is a year <laughs> ago. Everybody wanted him. Yeah. Yeah. So Chase Claypool, like I know, I I think a. I've seen a lot of things where, like, oh, they're, they, they're losing the situation because they're dropping on the depth chart. But I think overall that actually just helps the offense because Darnell Mooney, as good, I think he can be a very good receiver, especially playing more out of the slot now and not on the outside like he, like he had to before. Yeah. I think it helps. I think ultimately it still helps this offense in general, and that'll only give more opportunities to Mooney and, uh, and Chase. I forgot his name again. Claypool. Claypool. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> How fast things change, man. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. They still got David Dave Montgomery, right? Oh, he, no. he is a free agent. Oh, God. And, oh, Monty. And that's a, you know, that's another thing. We'll get to that in the next episode, but David Montgomery's not as good as when it comes to, like, you look at his metrics, it's not as good as the raw numbers he puts up. Oh God, we're gonna have a nice conversation about that because I love me some Dave Montgomery. He, I know you do, he and better I have some good stats because I also love stats. But he loves, but like his raw stats are good, but it's because he gets a ton of volume, right? Yeah, I'm gonna break down the, the down more specific metrics between him and uh, and Khalil Herbert oh, behind him. Oh my God, yeah, we could do that all day. We're we're from the same day and age where it's just like you give motherfucker the ball three hundred times a year, he's gonna kill it. Okay, we're talking right. Edrin, James, all those motherfuckers back. It's just those things. If you look like, uh, Dan Montgomery was something like almost dead last in terms of, it was like yards above so whatever, like one of those like deeper metrics, um, last year. But his rodums are good in terms of like yards and touchdowns because he gets so much volume. But Khalil Herbert was like in the top fifteen behind the exact same offensive line. It just shows there's a difference there. Um, it's gonna be interesting. Again, that's gonna be the next episode. It's gonna be interesting where David Montgomery lands, though, and if he's gonna be able to even replicate anything close to what he's done with the Bears last few few seasons. Because I think he's gonna lose a lot of volume. Ah uh, man, I have a lot to say about that, but I'll just save it for the next episode. You want to hear about that? And I will defend David Montgomery, <laughs> and I will die on that hill. I well, not really, but I I love the guy. And I will defend him, and I have a feeling we're going to go back and forth in this next episode <laughs> talking about Dave Montgomery. So let, let's move on to Calvin Ridley. Slip under, um, I, I'm forgetting the phrase now. Either way, this guy, he, he, he slipped through the cracks, right? Yes. The last year, you know, he was betting on some games, blah, blah, blah. If you don't know this story by now, just fucking Google it, okay? He was betting a very minuscule amount of money, especially for being an NFL player. I bet more money on NFL games, I think, before. Yeah, and, and I am an average Joe. And he, so he, the 
just sorry, he was betting on some games. They weren't Falcons games. It was also when he was injured. So he wasn't even part of the team at that point. He was injured when it happened. And the Jags made a very sly move to pick him up at the trade deadline for basically peanuts. Where this, if we remember last year, so the year before he got, he got the suspension, um, or the year he got suspension, he only had played five games. Um, in those five games, though, he had 52 targets, 31 catches, 281 yards, two touchdowns. Pretty respectable numbers. Yeah. The year before that, when he played 15 games, he was the receiver five overall. Yeah, he was, he was big money before all that shit went down. Exactly. In the offseason, we were all eye on him for fantasy. And so now you have this Jaguars team now has a true number one receiver with Calvin Ridley, a really good second receiver with Christian Kirk. You have weapons in the backfield. I mean, you have they franchise say Evan Ingram who had a career career year last year under Doug Peterson. Trevor Lawrence is clearly only going to get better going forward. Oh yeah, skyrock. I mean, the only thing that the Jags haven't done right so far is that they left they let their left tackle leave in free agency today. Um, they didn't want to pay him that kind of money, but he was a stud as well. Uh, Jamar Taylor, someone someone along well along those lines, offensive lineman doesn't really matter that much. But I'm just saying, like, this offense has weapons right now. And they're going to be... Weapons. Do not be surprised. One, I think is a foregone conclusion, they're going to win the, the AFC South. They won it this last year uh, going 9-8. and eight. I think you're going to easily see that jump up um, to an 11 or 12 win team. And I think they're going to push for the number one seed in the AFC. I really do. My, my biggest question really is uh, Calvin Ridley or... Oh, why am I forgetting his name right now? The other the other receiver on their team. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. Wide receiver one. Which one? Calvin Ridley. He's the better player. At, at the end of the year. You think so? Yes. He, he's, the better, he's the better player. The interesting thing, the biggest thing with Calvin Ridley is like, where I have no idea where his ADP is going to lie coming into draft season. It'll be lower than it should be. I imagine ADP going into the draft this year, which is oh, even weird to talk about. We're like four months ahead of that. Yeah. Um, his ADP will probably be lower. I, I think at the beginning as far of the as Ridley's ADP. I think his ADP at the beginning of the draft season will be lower. I think you'll see him more like the eighth or ninth round. But I think as the season comes along and we get closer to it, mm. he's going to be one of those guys. All of a sudden, his ADP is going to skyrocket, and you're going to see him going like the third or fourth. Oh, those Jaguars reporters—they better mind their own and, fucking business, man. And, and that—I <laughs> mean—and that's tough. I don't—I mean, again, I think he's gonna—I think he, maybe not his first year, or at least maybe not the first half of this season when he has to is trying to get back into things. He hasn't played football in like eighteen months essentially, um. So there's gonna be some rust to 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 break off, um. But man, I mean, honestly, I think just right now, again, like you said, we're four or five months away from from really getting into draft season. I don't think I'd have a problem drafting Calvin Ridley in the fourth round. Goddamn. So, in, in a, a quick side note, I want to like be on this too too long. Um, if you're playing Dynasty, oh, that's a I, whole different ball game. Uh, well, are you trying to snag Calvin Ridley right now? Well, I mean, if if you're in Dynasty, he would have been more than likely a free agent unless someone held on to him from the suspension with the Falcons. Um, if he's available in your league, which he probably is, because. 
According to Sleeper, he's only rostered in 4% of, of leagues, and that's in a dynasty league. That seems crazy. How quickly people forget. It's been a year. Yeah. And not in our wild. dynasty league. Our dynasty league, he's, he's already taken up. I know. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time that we are a part of a competitive dynasty league. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can grab Calvin Ridley, you definitely need to in dynasty and and redraft leagues, like you just said. Third and fourth seems kind of high. I I personally see him selling around the sixth, but it's so early to like, forecast. I mean, it's like trying to predict the weather in the summer at this point. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, I'm just saying me personally, I think I'd be okay taking him in like the fourth round um, because we always are the type that like to draft as close to the beginning of the season. We like in our main in our main league, we always draft the weekend before week one kicks off. Yeah, you know, it's the the latest we possibly can to make sure any crazy injuries that happen during preseason are are past us and all that kind of stuff. So I think at that point you're going to see him like uh, up there. And again, and you're, you're going to play a little bit of fire that way because there is an absolute unknown knowing that he hasn't played in a while. But that's just the type of talent he has. I'm I'm going to bank on that. Yeah, he's definitely a definite risk, but that's how you win fantasy football, baby. Yep. You got to take them risks at the right time. So I, if he falls into like the fifth, sixth round, I'm all about it. Third and fourth, I, I, I'd probably be iffy. I'd probably be one of those people that's like a little scared. And, and I can see that. It's it's notable. I would say fifth or sixth round is a steal. I think he outplays that no matter what. Yeah. Um, but even in the fourth round, you're probably drafting him as your, like, your wide receiver two even. You're not, you're not More than likely, you're not drafting him as your, your wide receiver one. At this point, I would hope to get him as, get him as my wide receiver three. Uh, like a high end wide receiver three, not just like someone I'm just like, oh, well, it's insane. on my bench. You know, hopefully someone I could put in my flex at the very least. Right. And again, the upside to that where he has the potential to becoming your wide receiver one, but if you draft him as your wide receiver three, those, th- those are kind of like, those are league winner moves. Yep. I'm with that. Let's talk about some uh, really just a large amount of speculation. The Jets representatives. <sighs> which includes their owner, Woody Johnson, their GM, Joe Douglas, their head coach, Robert Sala, and their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. And if you're like me, I only know Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett because I don't know owners and GM's names. (laughs) But Tyler, you're a genius, and you know these things and put that on the document. Either way, all four of these motherfuckers, the owner, the GM, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, they flew to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers after he spent two weeks underneath the rock do an ayahuasca. Two days. days. <laughs> it was only a four-day retreat. He was never half of it. He lost track of time, dude. I'm just trying to keep up with it. He said, okay. Either <laughs> way, it was a long amount of time. And either way, they all flew to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers to see if he would play in New York. Apparently, the meeting went well, and Rodgers says a decision will be coming soon. Which, honestly, my first reaction, which is kind of a weird one in my own opinion, but this is my own, my first reaction, is... Um, if we're talking latitude, if you're looking at like the globe or the atlas, Green Bay, New York, we're talking northern United States. Yeah. Weather is very similar. <laughs> okay. That's not uh, when you first started saying this, sense, I did not know, realize where you were going with that one. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he, he's no stranger to that shit. He's been playing in the north for a long time. Right. So, uh, New York Jets initially, <laughs> just thinking about the weather and the playing conditions doesn't seem too strange to me 
the Jets, though, God, I mean, our whole entire life, absolute trash, and really in everyone's life, probably trash. Well, yeah, they've had basically one moment in 50 years, and it's Joe Namath raising that, that, that finger and walking off the field after winning the Super Bowl. After that, they've done nothing. Oh, I thought it was Joe Namath on the sideline talking to Susie Colbert. Like, I just want to no, kiss he, you, Susie. No, remember, he was, he was retired and drunk at that point. Yeah. Well, Not that he that, wasn't drunk when he was playing, but. That, that's my favorite Jets moment. <laughs> I just want to kiss you, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, essentially, on the field, they've had one moment in 50 years. Unless you want to really talk about the butt fumble with Mark Sanchez. <laughs> We're not going to do that. <laughs> so essentially, that's what they had. You know, and they've tried to make runs in the past. Obviously, the direct correlation is that they were also the ones that traded for Brett Favre when he was at the end of his Packers career. Um, oddly enough, the way the kind of the that correlation happens. But I can tell you right then, right now, at this point, Aaron Rodgers next season will not be a Packer. He's either going to retire or he's going to be a Jet. He's not going to retire. It's still, it's on the table. That's he's been talking about. It, like he's not sure. That's what it comes down to. Whether he even wants to play. That's the biggest decision first. A jet, though. I just okay, I, I have such a hard time processing it. I can understand because they got a solid core. Yeah. And the last two years on this podcast, not like you guys have been really against it, but I, I've been saying the Jets are on the upswing, and they really are. They are, and right now. From what you can see, it's a young team, young core, and essentially, they're a quarterback away, right? That, that's what everyone's saying. They're a quarterback away. Yeah. Now. They are. Now, the flip side of that is that we said that about the Broncos last season, and it got Russell Wilson didn't go very well. Now, I think we're- It's I think not the same. It's it's not. And again, I think that the the difference is, I don't think, I don't think at least between us, I'm not going to speak for other people. We don't believe that was on Russell Wilson. I think we put a lot more blame on Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, he sucks. And, yeah. And so that's the thing. that I'm not a big believer in Nathaniel Hackett, but the few good years he did have as an OC was with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers calls Nathaniel Hackett his boy. Like, they're very close. And I think probably because Nathaniel Hackett just said, hey, Aaron, go out there and basically call your own plays. I don't know if he actually did that, but it kind of seemed like that's what he did. I think Aaron Rodgers loves that kind of freedom to basically do whatever the hell he wants when he's in the huddle. Yeah. And that part of that came with was like having that kind of, he also had an insane trust in Devontae Adams. And back then he even had Jordy Nelson still. Like he doesn't have those trusts with his receivers. We're going so far back at this point. He He doesn't have the trust with these receivers. If he does get traded to the Jets, they're young. We already know he didn't mesh greatly with the young receivers in the Packers this year. Um, Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. And so I worry about that. I think the biggest thing is if Aaron Rodgers does decide to play and he is traded to the Jets, he needs to buy into the offseason program and get in and work with these kids. They got to get on the same page. Yeah. He hasn't he hasn't been part of the Packers offseason program in like 10 years. Like he's there for training camp, but like all the all the voluntary stuff, he's not there for. He's on his own. He never shows up. He's not there to there to be that guy. I think if he comes back to play, he needs to show he still has that fire. Get in there and really get on the same page with these young receivers because that's all they have. And not even just receivers, running backs too. Like this whole team, the offensive core is very young. So there's a lot riding on this. Um, but again, I'm going to stand by it. Aaron Rodgers is either he's next season, he's not a Packer. Uh, I think everyone's with that, right? I think so at this point. I mean, there's been a lot of reports about 
the Packers are just kind of fed up with him. They think that they it's even been reported that they think that Aaron Rodgers basically played them and when he got that last big contract, uh, not last offseason, but the season before that, he basically was like, "All right, I'm done. I'm done playing," because he's got you know he's making sixty million dollars this year under that Packers contract. To make this trade work, they're probably gonna have to restructure it to make it work within the salary cap and whatnot, which it, that's easy to do. Like they they make money out of you know they bend numbers and make money out of where they they need to. Um, not really the point, but it's just one of those things. Like Aaron Rodgers needs to buy in. Period. It's not gonna work if he comes in there with the same mindset he's had with the Packers in the offseason the last few years. It's just not gonna work. Okay. That's interesting. I, 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 I'm with you on pretty much all of that. So yeah, it'll be interesting if he goes to the Jets, though. Like, the Jets. It's like, weird, but... The Jets? But I think at this point in his career, you know, bringing up the same correlation with Brett Favre, he still has more in him, I think, Brett Favre did, did at that time. Now, granted, Brett Favre did then go to the Vikings and, had, and put together two very good seasons there. Uh, but the Jets also didn't have the squad... That with Brett Favre that they could have here with Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot more talent on this team right now. On the Jets, yes, this okay, Jets yeah. team compared to the Jets Favre team is yeah. not is I don't think is all that comparable when it comes to just pure talent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally with you. Yeah. So I mean, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, if he goes to the Jets right now, all the murmurs and the rumors talking about Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. I mean, essentially, it's my fucking mind. I mean, no one else is even in the running to trade for him at this point. Uh, not, not from we, what we hear, right? It's the Jets, and that, yeah. but I think, I think at this point, it's hard to see him playing for the Packers here because I just feel like that relationship soured. Yeah, and I'm with you. I wish our Packers representative was here right now to defend him, but I'm with you. Yeah, it, <laughs> the, the writing's on the wall, man. He, yeah. He's trying to move the fuck on, or maybe he'll retire, but. Money's nice, man, and the money's out there. Sixty, it's sixty mil, like it's sixty mil. Sixty mil, I'll take that. Send me out there against Lawrence Taylor. Break my leg like Joe Tisman. I don't give a fuck, dude. <laughs> That's plan it out. It's best, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit, dude. And just let him know. Let him come unguarded. Lawrence Taylor, break my fucking my femur. I don't give a shit. Oh boy. So let's, let's move on here. Let's talk about Austin Eckler. This is another really interesting one that's been going on. Uh, this just came out today, too. Yeah, just came out today, Monday, the 13th of March. Listening to this on the 14th, most likely. But either way, he has requested permission to speak with other teams for a potential trade to get the fuck out of Los Angeles where they have absolutely no fans, being a charger, <laughs> because they've been talking about extension talks, and those talks have broke down. They have made no headway. He, right now, he is scheduled to make $6.25 million this season. The arguably most valuable running back in the league, uh, money-wise. I mean, you're paying someone $6.25 million for someone who is easily a top five fantasy running back. I mean, we're talking about fantasy right now, but really just a, a great running back overall. So today it came out that he is wanting to Get permission to talk about a trade. This is interesting for me. The first thing I thought of when I read this was landing spots. Oh, yeah. Obviously. If if he actually facilitates a trade, I think a lot of this could end up coming down to where 
he's it's a more of a of a leverage play. Like, hey, okay, I'm not gonna play for you guys, so trade me. And ultimately, it's, I think it's just to try to get the Chargers to come back to the number that he's looking for. But I mean, if when you look at it in terms of what he's making this year, he's like one, two, three. He's the RB fifteen when it comes to salary made. For this season. That is disrespectful. I mean, and realistically, no matter which way you, you slice it, he's bare minimum a top five back in this league, right? Bare definitely. minimum. Oh, definitely. The the fifth ranked running back in terms of salary this year is Derrick Henry, making more than double what Austin Eckler is scheduled to make. Uh, Derrick Henry is making $12.5 million this year. He needs to be looking like Austin Eckler, who's younger, has less wear and tear on his body than Derrick Henry does. Needs to be looking at the at least that much. And if a team's going to trade for him, trust me, they'll give him that money. You think so? Absolutely. He's twenty seven. He has a minimum of three good years left left in this league. I know there's yeah. kind of like that that deal like running backs hit thirty and they go downhill real quick. But Austin Eckler also shown been durable th- throughout his season. Never any major injuries. Had little nagging ones here and there. But even like he w- he was on the injury report basically every week this season, and still played every game and still produced like a number one running back. I think he- I think actually in fantasy he was the number one running back in PPR format. I would not be surprised if he was. He he's he definitely was. very viable. He was he was the number one running back in fantasy this year. Played every game, even though he was constantly on the injury report. Because, again, it's a little nagging ones, but he gets it done. He played 17 games this year. He played all 16 the year before. He played 10 games the year before that, but then 16, 14, 16. So he's basically only had one year where he missed significant time in terms of six. He missed six games that that, game, that year. But other than that, he's played basically the entire season. I think and, that 10-game season, didn't he have a career-ending injury? Or a career, sorry, season ending. Yeah, yeah, he has season ending one. And even then, he still produced as the running back 26. So even then, at the end of the year, he was still, you know, a flex-worthy play in terms of, like, the length of the season. So it just shows how valuable he is. He's finished RB1 last year, RB2 the year before, um, minus the 10-game season when he played 16 the year before that, RB4. The dude's a stud and is not being paid like it. He's being played like a mediocre uh, running back right now, which is ridiculous. Naheem Hines is making more money than he is this year. That is insane. Exactly. <laughs> that That's a good point to bring up. Naheem Hines. And I do like me some Naheem Hines, but he ain't no Austin Eckler. That's he, for damn sure. He's not even an RB1. He's a very good complimentary back. He's not even yeah. close an RB1. No, yeah, he's more like a fan favorite for the Colts organization and well, someone in, who is... He's in Buffalo now, but... Oh. They traded for him last year. Mm. Mid-season. Yeah, forget everything I just said. <laughs> yeah. So I was But, just... you know what? That's Bringing that up. I'm sorry. If a team is going to trade for an RB one. Why would not? Why would Buffalo not want to try to bring in Austin Eckler? They need a good running game because they don't have one. And I'm sorry, I don't think James Cook is can immediately come into this season and be their RB one. Uh, Devin Singletary is a free agent, so he'll probably go elsewhere. And I don't think James Cook is the type of back that can really be a true RB one in the NFL. Austin Eckler is proven, shown it. Like I would absolutely. And the thing is, too, because he's a running back, you probably don't have to give up that much to get him. I bet you, at most, you give up a second-round pick. At most. More than likely a third. That's interesting. I mean, okay, so outside of Buffalo, where else do you think that he could go where he could be super impactful? And obviously, he's also 
more than likely want to go to a team that's contending. Not it's not like you're gonna want to see him in, you know, Atlanta, where like they're far from coming close to being in a playoff team. And we're we're talking about Austin Eckler, right? Yeah. You know where he belongs, the Chiefs. That's a good. That's a good. That's good. I mean, they have Isaiah Pacheco. Um, it honestly doesn't even matter at that point with Andy Reid. The things he's done with the Sean McCoy, and, well, Brian and, Westbrook, and Eckler's I mean, a very good receiving back. That's what I'm saying. It honestly, everything about Eckler screams Andy Reid, in my opinion. When I think about Austin Eckler with the, someone who I want to see him with, it's Andy Reid. Actually, now you say that, someone I think about that is very similar to Austin Eckler that Andy Reid has as a running back is Brian Westbrook. That's what I was saying, yeah. Brian Westbrook and uh, LaShawn McCoy. Like, two guys that uh, they really are similar. he brought the best out of. But within the same division, that that seems yeah, that's gonna be very tough. unlikely. Yeah, same division makes that really tough. But that's a that's a, a great team for him. I, that, I mean, that's my dream destination for him. Even then. With him and the Chargers right now, it's still a dream destination yeah. fantasy-wise. He still kills it for you. I mean, he's going to kill no matter where he goes. I don't care where he goes. He's an RB1. And he'll be a top one or two pick in this year's draft regardless. Yeah. Um. No matter where he's at. I don't I, I don't. He's just one of those guys. He'll, he'll be top three for sure. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. But, dude, a trade. That, that's why I'm excited about this episode and the episodes that we're doing right now. Because it, it's that point in the offseason where, like, you know, the combine's already happened. We're about to have the draft happening here soon. There's gonna be so much movement happening. We're like, we, we, we're not even really sure what's gonna really finalize. But right. by the time you know July and August comes around with training camp, right? I mean, it's all just predictions and prostications. Like you're just like throwing things out there. You're like, oh man, but like, like honestly, I didn't even think about the Chiefs, but that's exciting. Just hearing that, that, that's so like, exciting. Could you imagine? That's wild to me. Like, yeah, you put him with Andy Reid, Austin Eckler's a Pro Bowler, and I mean, he's already a Pro Bowler, but like. Still, like the the ways that Andy Reid would utilize him, the creativity he would have, and like the formations they've come up with, yeah. would be insane. Yeah, on, on top of the receivers that they're kind of fucking around with, and Isaiah Pacheco, like you said, being around, I, I the Chiefs are the best place he could land. It's so unlikely, though. It is. I just I, again, I want the the Buffalo because like they've been such a dire need for a good running back to help alleviate. Some of the pressure off of Josh Allen because Josh Allen is essentially their RB one. Yeah, and you can't just keep letting Josh Allen go and run it like he's fucking Mike Allstott. Like you can't do that because that's what that's what he runs the ball. He's he's not like trying not to get hit. He's trying to go punish people. Yeah, and it's like, dude, you are our franchise quarterback. You can't keep doing that because you're gonna get hurt, and then we're all fucked. Yeah, honestly, that's probably the only other team I can think of really off the top of my head is the Bills for true contenders. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that can I know. Um, there's some thought out there that like since he might be trying to get rid of Joe Mixon, I've heard that a few times, and I've so I've heard some some uh Bengals trying to sign. Fuck, I like that too. Yeah, well, he'd be great there too. I don't know why you get rid of Joe Mixon though. I think Joe Mixon just had his career year, unless they think that's his peak and he's not going to be able to ever come close to that again, which I don't really believe in. Um, I've been a believer in Joe Mixon forever. He finally just you know put it all together. Yeah. Um, this year, but yeah, you know, there's some thought out there there with that but what to get over that hump i mean joe mixon to me is like a solid b plus and austin eckler is an a yeah no matter what which is not really a you know if you're talking about like the old 
high school grading standards. A B plus is like an eighty eight, and an A is like a ninety three. Right. It's it's not much of a difference, but it is it is a difference. It is, and I would say that Eckler is more of a game changer than Mixon is, um, in terms of just definitely. Like, yeah. So that would be that'd be very interesting. And again, I just I'm a Joe Mixon believer though, so I don't I don't see why Cincinnati would want to make like change like that. It almost seems like moving laterally instead of like really moving forward. But you know, it's out there. Yeah, no, honestly, I completely agree with you on that one. And I do like Joe Mixon a lot, so maybe we're both kind of uh, in the same boat here. Yeah. Let's talk about the Rams giving Allen Robinson permission to seek a trade. I think this is really interesting to myself because I have a horrible memory, (laughs) even though I care about this shit way too much as far as fantasy football goes. But so Allen Robinson obviously goes to the Rams last year, has a very, very, very lackluster, lackluster season, catches 48 balls for 548 yards and two touchdowns. I honestly forgot that Oh, I'm going way back. Yeah. Sorry. I'm <laughs> like, where do you get those stats at? Okay. No, honestly, everything I'm saying right now, just forget what I said. Alan Robinson, he's requesting a trade. He hasn't had a good season since his second year with Jacksonville, where he had 14 touchdowns and 400 Wait, yards. Yeah. I was I was looking at it backwards. I thought it went down. Yeah, well, I mean, you're uh, forgetting that year in Chicago where he was the wide receiver 9-7 and seven in back-to-back seasons. <laughs> Those were good years, but also they were lacking in touchdowns. Either way, he was getting a lot of targets. He was a top 10 receiver. What are you talking about? Lackluster. He was in PPR. But so um, I'm not trying to shit on him at all in any way. Either way, in four of his eight um, full years in the NFL, he's had at least 150 targets. And those are the only four, like, good seasons in, in, in his in his career. Yeah, well, you have to kind of put things into perspective. One year, he was injured. He only played one game. Well, you see, there's a lot of injuries. Like, you know, his rookie year, 10, 10 games. Uh, fourth year in one game. Only 13 games a year after that, 12, and then 10 last two years. Like, So he's not on the field a ton. Um, and he's always been one of those guys. He's, just, he's more of a big body receiver. He's 6'2", 210, so he's not huge, but he's still one of those guys that just kind of wins you know, at the point of attack when it comes to the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the exact stat now, uh, but I remember saying it midseason where uh, Allen Robinson, I think, was like dead last in terms of uh, route separation. He was only getting like... Yeah, we talked about that a few times last it was year. Like, it was like not even half a yard of separation. Um, it mm-hmm. was terrible. And so it's one of those things like you have to get, give, him the, give him the chance to throw him the ball unless you have a quarterback you that you have a great connection with and have that kind of that trust built in where you're like, hey, don't worry. Just give me the ball. I'm going to catch it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes time to build. You know, one season in L.A. with with Matthew Stafford is going to do that. So, with that being said, Alan Robinson. Honestly, I hate to say it. I think it's a moot point. And I don't... I, at this that's point, how he, I feel. He's nine years in the league. His separation, it's not good. It's never been great in his career, but he's clearly also losing his step at this point in his, in his career. Mm-hmm. So I think he could be, you know, one of those guys that comes into a, to a team that has probably two other good receivers that he sits behind and it's just a complimentary piece. 
Yeah. But outside of that, he's just really not going to help you out. Like, I could see him being a benefit to, like, the Buccaneers who have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Now, they have no quarterback, so there's a whole different point. It's a nice situation. But they have no quarterback, though. So, like, who's going to even give him the ball? Kyle, uh, they're really in on Kyle Trask. They are. And I hope at one point in the, one of our next couple of episodes we really kind of dive into that because um, it's someone they're not talking about right now. Kyle no. Trask. And we're, we're talking about someone who might be being the starting quarterback of an NFL team here soon. Yes, but they're also heavily linked to bringing Baker Mayfield this year. So how much do they really believe in Kyle Trask if you're going to revert? I thought they did already today. No, no, it's just rumors that like they're kind of like the leading candidate to get him. Yeah, but I mean, it's Baker Mayfield. <laughs> like, uh, honestly, I see that as just competition. They drafted Kyle Trask in the second round, right? Yeah, it was early. Yeah, I they, think second round sounds. They about drafted right. him early, and um, you're you're the college guy on this podcast. But I remember looking at Kyle Trask highlights when he played for Florida, and not being um unimpressed i guess you could say at the least i'm just like okay this guy he's got it yeah like, it, things could happen so with him he was a second they round, believe in him he was a second round pick um he's been in the league for two years now um coming out of florida he was raw um obviously yeah. talents there sitting behind but then he's been behind tom bray last two years and tom bray's never been really known to be like a mentor i mean we've seen that with uh garoppolo and jacoby Brissett. um he was never really mm-hmm. close with either one of them um maybe later in his career um, in Tampa, maybe he did kind of bring him under the wing and kind of coach him up some that way. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe Kyle Trask is, comes out and is that guy. You know, we don't know. Um, but again, I don't, <laughs> them looking at Baker Mayfield, even for competition, yeah. just doesn't seem to like, I'm like, well, maybe they don't have that much confidence in him. Honestly, I, I at this point in the offseason, I'm looking at Kyle Trask as a dark horse. He's interesting to me, especially in dynasty leagues. That's interesting. I know we just kind of got off topic there with <laughs> going to the quarterback system when we were talking about Allen Robinson, but I think yeah. we're both in agreement. Allen Robinson is, like, in redraft leagues, shouldn't be drafted. If he's on your bench in a dynasty league, it's because it's, like, a, just a, a depth play for you, essentially. Yeah. I just, there's just no upside there. Yeah, I feel you. Well, let's talk about a more interesting receiving core, then. The Broncos have been looking to trade, reportedly, one of their core trio of receivers. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, or KJ Hamler. I think we both feel the same in this, that Cortland Sutton is the most valuable receiver at this point. Um, I think you're confusing me with Jim. Am I confusing you with Jim? I'm a, I'm a Jerry Judy guy. Okay, so you're the Judy guy. I, I was going to preface it with this. That I do like Cortland Sutton, but at this point, I am leaning Jerry Judy. Being traded or staying, or like on the team? Uh, as far as it being the better receiver, so okay. someone who, who I'm more interested in. And KJ Hamler, he's still he's so up in the air at this point. It's really not someone I feel like we should like talk about too much. Um, someone who definitely has you know, plenty of potential, but he... Well, my, this we got to see it happen. He, he's a burner, and he's shown nothing else. He's also been injured um, the couple years he's been in the league uh, quite a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, Hamler's what? I mean, I feel like if the Broncos are trying to make a move and, you know, actually pick up some decent stuff, Cajun Hamler's not going to do it. I mean, Cajun Hamler, you probably trade for, like, a sixth-round pick, maybe. Yeah. Just not something, like, that's not making a difference. Moving the needle would be a guy like Cortland Sun or Jerry Judy, where you're actually going to get something significant, probably, maybe, I'm thinking kind of like a third-rounder um, if you trade for, for them. Um, it's interesting to see 
because when this report first came out, which was about four or five days ago now, it was just they said they were shopping Cortland Sutton, quietly shopping Cortland Sutton. Then today, mm-hmm. it was reported that they're shopping one of the three, and they're kind of open to letting any of the three walk. So, not sure which way that's going to go. Um, obviously, I think that Sean Payton has an idea of who he'd rather trade away. Um, not sure who that is. I'm sure, but I'm sure he has you know his preference. My money would be on Sutton. Kind of would too. I think ultimately, you know, when when other teams are looking at it, Sutton is such like that physical profile where he could end up potentially having a higher ceiling than Judy. But Judy is such an insane route runner. I think that's where the separation is. Like, Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, so I hope Judy stays. I think the end of last season, him and Russ end up having starting to build a really good connection. The The last few games of, of the season, Judy really started to, to kind of show out. So I think that's going to be where it's at. Um, I will just throw out there, too. I think the Broncos are, are doing things right. They signed... Uh, reportedly, I've signed Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers, um, a tackle and a guard, to help bolster the two. Very, they're both Pro Bowl players to bolster the offensive line to help protect Russell Wilson because their line was lackluster last year. Especially when you come into the fact that Russ can't run the way he used to. So if you can get a better, better protection where he can, you know, start to pick up pick apart defenses from the pocket, then I think Sean Payton has his team going the right direction. He, you know, at, in the blink of an eye, he's been there for like two seconds and. He's already doing doing the right things, as Sean Payton does, because he's a hell of a coach. Shout out to Sean Payton. Yeah, I'm totally with you on all that stuff. So let, let's run it out right now, talking about our you know free agent news before we go into our free agency episode, which is going to be the next episode out. So if you want to hear that, click on the next episode that we uploaded uh, after this one, time-wise. But the Falcons did trade for Patriots tight end Yanu Smith. And um, uh, so they did trade him for a seventh round pick. And I'll just say this right now. You know, I, I see a lot of murmurs on Reddit and Twitter and things like that. They're just like, oh, what are they doing to Kyle Pitts? Blah, blah, blah. You know, the, what the Falcons did is they traded for one of the highest paid tight ends in the league <laughs> for a seventh round pick. And they already have a tight end who, I mean, if you don't think Kyle Pitts is going to be their guy, you're you're sadly mistaken. So even with this added tight end into the mix, just because, you know, he was so sought after and highly paid, you know, for the last couple of years, I guess you could say. Kyle Pitts is still that guy. Yeah. I mean, Giannis Smith, he becomes a second tight end on goal line formations. Right. And Kyle Pitts is also on a rookie contract, so you can afford to bring in a high priced tight end. And he's. Yeah. And not, he's high priced. He's overpaid, clearly. Yeah. But. We should. It should be noted that this is also reuniting him with Arthur Smith, who was his OC in Tennessee. When John uh, Smith started to show that breakout, I remember that was days. under Arthur Smith. Good times. And so I think that's where it comes down to. Like he's going to be more familiar with the system. It clearly didn't work out in New England. New yeah. England brought in John Smith and Hunter Henry the same offseason, paid them both a ton of money, probably because they had twinkling thoughts of recreating Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Right? That's what they thought. Like. Obviously not on that level because neither Hunter Henry or John Smith are as talented either one of Gronk or not even close. Yeah, yeah. not not even close. Um, obviously Gronk's one of the greatest titans of all time, if not the greatest. And Aaron Hernandez of everything that did happen late, you know, after football, 
or even during really. Um, when he was he on, he was field, on track to be in the Hall of Fame, dude. He was a hell of a player. Yeah. He was a really good tight end, definitely. And so they, yeah, they had those thoughts. It didn't work out, and that it is what it is. But I think Jonathan Smith reconnecting with Arthur Smith is going to be a a, a big deal. I think it's going to help him out in his career going forward. Yeah. But again, yes, Pitts is the guy there. Don't get that yeah. twisted. Pitts was there's a reason he was like the, what the fifth overall pick. They picked him for a reason. Yeah, and they also line him up out a receiver, so you have another tight end who is worthy that right. they can put up on the line. He's he's not a traditional tight end. Yeah, he's not. I mean, no. I'm just calling it right now. Yana Smith, you're you're gonna see him in the in the end zone. He might have, if things go great for him, four touchdowns next year. Yeah, that's right. And, and he's not gonna be that guy. He is a complimentary role at this point. Right, and I mean, you're paying him you like ten million dollars a year. It's kind of sucks that that's what you're getting from him. But at the same time. Just they trade from doesn't mean they can't restructure that contract and make it more reasonable for the team. So, yeah, exactly. So at this point, I mean, everyone's tripping on like, oh, what about Kyle Pitts? It's just like, look at their team. Kyle Pitts is gonna be that guy, right? And not to mention, they have zero receivers. Zero. I mean, they have Drake London. You know, he's gonna be a second year player. Yeah, and he's still growing, growing into that. But like, they just need more weapons in general in in, in Atlanta. So why not? You know. G- Take a chance. You gave up a seventh round pick. Who cares? Exactly. And you have a ton of salary cap money as it is because your team has like zero talent, and they're all on rookie contracts. Any talent you do have, so you might as well throw it out there. You know, take a flyer on him, and maybe he he recreates what he started to build in Tennessee with Arthur Smith. I I hope that would happen. Honestly, the baseline of everything that we're talking about right now is why I saw that he signed with the Falcons. And it honestly made me like Kyle Pitts more. Yeah. It I, raised Kyle Pitts' value for me when Giannis Smith joined the Falcons. Yeah, and I think I would agree because, it's, again, it's just adding one more weapon to the arsenal to take less heat and eyes off of Kyle Pitts. It's one more guy you have to deal with as a defense that you can't, you know, basically double or triple team Pitts. Yep, exactly. And... So if you're tripping on Kyle Pitts right now, just hold, baby, hold, hold them stocks, because things are gonna come around. I, at least I believe so for Kyle Pitts. I do too. We have to remember he's what his second or he's in his third year in the league coming into the season. Like, come on. He's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it, it, if you're someone who is holding on to him, and if you think this signing is uh, negative his you know his output as a fantasy player or just in general you're wrong yeah agreed and even then you <laughs> think about this too his rookie season he finishes the tight end six his rookie year i mean there's no so we already yep. can see he clearly that's you know when he doesn't even know the nfl yet he's clearly going forward gonna be a top five tight end in this league it's just he just oh, is he's, he's too talented not to um so like Kyle Pitts is fine. If you're freaking out, Kyle Pitts, stop. He, I have him in our dynasty league. I'm, I traded for him this last offseason, even though he was having a bad year because I believe in what he, his talent is going forward. You got the faith, baby. I'm all with you. Now you have Yanni Smith in the wings, just really further solidifying what Kyle Pitts is going to do. Yep, that's really how I feel. It, it's more of a safeguard to him. If you got Kyle Pitts, like his. Stock is just skyrocketing at this point, as it has been throughout his career, slowly but surely. But I believe that's all the news we're covering on this episode. In the next episode, we will we will be talking about free agency, and 
just everything that's been going on. There's a lot of shit going on. That's the news. We took a while to talk about it, but we can't help it without talking about it. Let's talk about it. It's also been like a month since we did our last episode, so we had a lot of built-up energy to, to get through this. <laughs> yeah, we got built-up energy, man. We got shit we got to talk about. So yeah, in the next episode, we'll talk about free agency. So if you want to hear that, definitely click in, join in, and all that good stuff. Um, this is the episode at this point. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Give us five stars wherever you're listening to us at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I skipped something probably, but whatever. I don't give a fuck. If you're listening, just make sure you follow. Do whatever, do whatever you gotta do on the app to get our notifications and let let you know when we're uploading shit. So, and we will be doing that once or twice a week throughout the off season, keeping you up to date on everything that's going on. If you're trying to win your fantasy football year, keep up with us, man, because that's what we're doing. We talk about this stuff all the time. And <laughs> sorry, I just threw my cat. She was <laughs> up on my laptop. But either way, <laughs> keep up with us, <laughs> like, and subscribe. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. We appreciate you. Five stars only if you're doing the ratings on uh, your subscriptions there. So, yeah. (laughs) Deuces.